Hello and welcome to our first episode of Recliner Wrestling Review. I'm your host, Jared Isaacs, here with a special co-host. Uh, I want you guys to meet a good friend of mine. Um, he is from the St. Louis area. And uh, yeah, we'll get to know each other throughout this episode. Everybody, please welcome my good friend, Mr. John Reese. John, how's it going, babe? It's good. Glad to be here. Excited to finally get this show off the ground. Yes, for sure. You and I have been in talks and in works with this for what seems like months now. So I'm too very excited to, to finally get it launched and get it going. So. Yeah, I feel like it's been in the back of your head for years. Uh, a long time. Yeah, like as soon as I heard the word podcast, in fact, that's actually how I found out about podcasting in general was um, through uh, wrestlers and stuff, um, you know, Stone Cold and, and uh, Chris Jericho, that kind of thing, who had podcasts of their own. I'm like, oh, man, wouldn't that be cool? Um, and then now, you know, fast forward seven years later or so, and everybody on planet Earth, minus us until now, uh, have a podcast. So uh I'm happy to, to join in and uh, throw our hat in the ring as far as wrestling podcast. So, yeah, a absolutely. And we're going to try and, you know, make it fun, make it simple, and do a different a variety of different things on this podcast. Absolutely. We might, talk, we might talk about a pay per view, we might do a top 10. Uh, just a whole lot of different stuff. What what else do we have planned, coming, Jared? Um, so well, um, and we can get into that as it goes on. But we, like you said, so we we can we'll be featuring um specific shows or pay per views, uh, specific wrestlers, uh, maybe a specific um time frame. There's there's a lot of a lot of avenues that we can take. Um, even having maybe some um, potentially some guests in studio or something. Um, and just kind of uh, growing a community, if you will, of fellow wrestling fans. And honestly, that's kind of uh, my idea for the show anyway, is um, not so much, I don't want to um, necessarily uh, be the go-to spot for reporting news and that kind of stuff, because nowadays everybody's got the internet, so everybody can find the answer. Um, so I don't want to repeat old information. Um, I actually kind of want to use my brain and my weird ways of thinking and looking at things and yours um, for... You know, just being an absolute um, sponge to the business and soaking up a lot of knowledge and stuff and, and really um, kind of un having a really good understanding of why things happen and the booking decisions and stuff um, and that kind of thing. Um, but maybe putting our own twist on it, like, this was good, but um, how could we have made it better? That kind of thing. Um, and I, I'm sure opinions are, you know, um, very popular. Everybody's got one, but, um, this is just going to be ours. You know, we're just two wrestling fans and, and we're here to give you our stance. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, totally agree. Uh, where do we want us to get started? Well, I think it's only fair if, uh, we're asking people to, uh, join us and get to know us. Uh, we probably ought to tell them a little bit about us and, uh, you know, kind of let the fans in and, um, let them get to know us. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I guess we could start with um, talking about how we met. You want to you want to tell them how that all came to be that you and I crossed paths? Yeah, sure. So, like Jared said, I am from the St. Louis area, and for my bachelor's degree, I moved to beautiful Springfield, Missouri. What <laughs> uh, one of my favorite places on earth? Bright lights, big cities, <laughs> a city. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, Lights and Branson, that's close by. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah. Um, yeah we, Springfield's got Bass Pro. Yeah, yeah, we're moving on up. Parking lot, like. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I moved to Springfield, Missouri. Like I said, I, I really did love it there. I loved my time there. And I uh, got my bachelor's at uh, Missouri State. But while doing that, I am, uh, as you guys will come to find out, a avid 
toy collector. Uh, and at the time, uh, I transferred to the Springfield, Missouri Toys R Us. Okay. And Transferred. Was- so you were actually, when you were in St. Louis, you were already working at Toys R Us up there then, yeah? Yeah. Yes, yeah, I was uh, KB Toys, then Toys R Us. Oh, so you went through the change and everything, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was six years in the toy world, and then I went to Springfield. And uh, Jared was also slaving away with the uh, Jeffrey the Giraffe. Um, <laughs> Rest, in Rest in peace. Rest in peace. But slinging video games and selling toys. And- yep. Yep. Hanging out in the wrestling aisle. Pretty much, yep. So, and but, it, yeah, but, but yeah, I transferred there, and Jared was uh, hanging out there, too. And I, I don't know. We, we didn't really talk a whole lot that first uh that first months. Yeah, that first little bit we didn't. But it was like somehow, you know, it's 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 almost like a, a cult, if you will. Like the, once the cat gets out of the bag, like, hey, this guy likes wrestling, and you like wrestling. Oh, really? And it's like. Boom, instant connection, and and just, you know, you totally kick it off. It's like, I have a tattoo, you have a tattoo, let me see yours, you know, I'll show you mine, that kind of thing. And it's it's a, it's that way about wrestling fans. And that's what I love about wrestling fans. Um, as, as much as there is that uh, I don't really care for uh, as far as wrestling fans, I love, I love the sense of community and the loyalty to one another. So I think that's kind of really how we hit it off. Um, not just being coworkers and working um, kind of side by side. Our departments were fairly close to each other. Um, but I think it was probably just, you know, a, Hey, you want to come over and watch raw one night? And I mean, it's, you know, we've been buds ever since. Yeah. It snowballed to, uh, watching Monday night raw together every week, then to, well, let's order the pay-per-views brawler. Right. Yep. Uh, eventually we, we hit the road and even caught a mania together. Oh yeah. So. Yep. That was great too. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, and that's, man, what has that been? That's been, uh, I think I quit in 2007 uh at toys r us so it would have been before that it would have been like four or five somewhere in there i i moved to springfield in 2007 did you okay well maybe my ears are messed up so i started in 2003 at toys maybe it was 2008 that i quit i can't remember but yeah i mean you you hung out for a while but you had like other jobs going on and you were just keeping toys r us it's like it's extra money yeah it's play money yeah yeah um, and thankfully I didn't have a, uh, wrestling figure collection addiction, um, like some of my friends. So, <laughs> but I'm not here to point fingers. I'm not here to point fingers. I'm here to support. Addiction. I am totally in control of my hobby. <laughs> well, Hey, you're the one that, I wasn't putting you under the bus. You just admitted that it was you just saying. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got one or two. I won't lie. Yeah, right. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, and maybe, uh, later in the episode we can, um, um, you know, take a little tour uh, of some sort, or or in, in a future we episode. Save that for later on. Yeah, uh... we should we should build up to that. You're right. We yeah, we gotta we gotta you know tease. We gotta throw a line out and kind of tease a little bit, and you know yeah. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, so we've known each other for well over a decade now at this point, and um, I've always been um kind of leery. This is gonna sound kind of elitist of me. I've always been leery of who I watch wrestling with. Um, because of how um, mature and progressed I've become as a as a viewer, um, I'm I'm not a sucker uh, or a mark, if you will, uh, to a certain extent. We all are um, at some level, but um, you know, if somebody's acting like a jerk, I'm like I'm not like, oh, I don't like that guy. Like I'm like, oh, I get it. He's doing it. You know, he's doing his thing. Um, so I don't like associating. I don't I don't want to say associate. I don't want to sit on a couch and watch wrestling with somebody that's like that. If I'm already 
you know, 10 steps ahead. Um, and I felt closest to you on that as far as where we were in our progression of, of viewership and stuff. And I consider myself king of the marks with all the money I've blown on. Uh, crazy nonsense. That's 100% acceptable. <laughs> yes. Uh, if, if the objects to get you to spend money, they won. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's but, true. But as far as what I watch, how I watch, yes, absolutely. Um, I'm not, uh, I, I did not believe, well, looking back, I do not believe the Repo Man was an actual Repo Man. So. <laughs> Fair. So, um, what was I going to say? Um, how did you become a wrestling fan? Oh, man. So, that's a really good question. Um, for me, I don't really have an answer because it was just always around. So um, my dad um, played in a band and stuff whenever I was a kid. And um, so he would have like, it may have been bandmates or just regular buddies or, you know, whatever. Um, but every now and then they would come over to the house. And um, my, uh, my first memory of, of wrestling was actually, um, so we had like a dining room set up that had this special refrigerator in, which, you know, here we are almost... Uh, I don't, I'm scared to say, but almost 35 years later, um, dad still has this fridge in his garage, but it's a, a fridge that um, is built to hold a keg and it's got a tap on the outside of the door. And so his buddies would come over to the house because that was, you know, that was the, the watering hole kind of thing. And uh, right on top of that uh, refrigerator sat a TV and they would always watch wrestling. And so that was my first memory. And I remember like Hulk Hogan. I remember my dad being a big um, fan of Big John Studd. And um, um, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Um, so, you know, just kind of the burly, manly men. Um, but me as a kid, Hulk Hogan, I was like, oh, man, you know, how how awesome. You know, just the, the showmanship and all that kind of stuff. And then I realized somehow either he got his dad to watch it or his dad got him to watch it. But I remember going to my grandparents for the weekend um, on many occasions. And my grandpa would be watching. And my favorite memory of all time of my grandpa for anything uh, was watching wrestling, and um, <clears throat> you and I have talked off air, and we're going to try and keep this family friendly, but I can remember um, Ric Flair walking down the aisle, and my my grandpa just cussing him, you son of a so-and-so, and get back, get your cheating butt back to the locker room, and all this, I mean, he was, you talk about a mark, my grandpa was an absolute mark, but that made me love it so much, and, and so that's where I 100% fell in love. Um, and then, you know, as I get older and stuff, um, it progresses into backyard wrestling and it just, you know, I, I've just always been around it. I've always been a fan. So how about yourself? Well, I, I've got, I've got to, I've got to touch on a couple different oh, okay. things. Okay. Yeah. Good. So you're not going to talk about your, uh, your, how, who your dad looks like. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you that is, oh, that's fair. That's fair. So. Um, and you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of getting there. I don't have it long enough though, but, um, yeah. So my dad is a school teacher as well, just like John is. And, um, except for my dad's retired now. Um, so, um, yeah, all the kids in, in school, my dad was a, a junior high and high school teacher and he taught shop. Um, and so and by nature of being the shop teacher and being, uh, just, you know, not very like by the rules kind of guy, he's really laid back and just chill. Um, he was my all, all the kids, uh, favorite teacher. So they would always give him a hard time and stuff. And they'd always call him the Hulkster because my dad looks a lot like Hulk Hogan. So, uh, yeah. And it's really funny. The more that Hulk ages, uh, the more he looks like my dad now too, because, um, obviously he's not in ring shape. Um, and my dad certainly has never been in ring shape. 
Uh, so so yeah, they look they look a lot alike. It's really funny. Yeah. Whenever you talk about your dad, I always picture Hulk Hogan like running around the house with like a little baby, <laughs> and that, that always makes me laugh. Like it just. Yeah. yeah, it's it's. I mean, what you've got in your head is probably pretty accurate to to real life. What actually it looked like, yeah, yep, for sure. Okay. As a matter of fact, um, I don't know. Oh, right here. Um, yeah, you're probably not going to be able to see. I'll show the people at home first. Uh, there's that. Here's this for you. There's my dad and me when we were. I mean, I was uh, less than a year old, right there, learning how to play drums. And you almost look like Bruno in that picture. Right. And there's again, so this is in the eighties with uh dad having a beard before he went goatee. And um yeah. It, it's it's kinda hard to tell there. But uh later, you know, as as years progressed, starting in like I'm gonna guess late nineties, mid nineties, is when like Hulk Hogan hit my dad. <laughs> like hardcore. <laughs> it was like, whoa, there there's no denying it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we kind of talked about it a little bit, but like off air, like us interviewing each other for the first show. So before I get to me, I've got a couple questions more than just. Oh, I love it! I love it. Please uh, do. Do you have a first pay per view that you remembered? Oh gosh, um, I don't. Um, and and here's why. First of all, um, it wasn't until I was in high school that I actually ordered a pay per view. Um, and by ordered, I mean go to a friend's house and they order it through their parents kind of thing. Um, just like you and I used to get together to watch Raw, I had a group of friends from high school that we get together. In fact, we were the guys that were all in the Backyard Wrestling uh, Federation together. Um, but before that, before I actually ordered them, um, I can remember being in middle school and um, checking out the uh, prehistoric, the early days of the internet and, and getting results and stuff. Um and so that was, and that was also my introduction to, um, you know, dirt sheets and, and the behind the scenes at a real, at the next level kind of thing. Um, because I've always been, uh, that's where I've been a mark is for the behind the scenes stuff. Obviously I run a production company and stuff now. And so seeing how a lot of that kind of stuff happens behind the scenes. So anytime like there'd be, uh, two wrestlers fighting each other and they go up the ramp and through the stage and through gorilla i'm like oh man and you know oh hit pause on that i want to see the the list of who's going over and all that you know just any little anything um yeah and so i always i always live for that so i i can't say that i remember a first pay-per-view um of uh what i ordered myself but i can remember one of the very first ones that stands out to me that um I watched as a group of friends together at high school, and that was Summer Sam, bleh, Summer Slam of two thousand and one, um, with the big fall off the top of the tongue. That was uh. Was that, was that Shane and Test? Shane and Test. Black? Yep. Test. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm trying to think what else was uh. Would that have been Sean and Triple H? I feel like it. Was that? I feel like it might have been. I can't remember. That might have been. Thankfully, too. thankfully, I've it, got a phone right here. It's been a minute. It has, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, but my, and that's what I really remember about that too is the climb up the Tron um, for the big spot in that. And I, I mean, we're all just, I look over at my buddies and we're all literally on the edge of the couch, just like, holy cow, we'd never seen anything like that yet at that point. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with the Shane match. I mean, he's going to take a stupid bump. It's always going to be entertaining. For sure. And that was really the beginnings of that. Like now we, 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 um, anticipate it and expect it back then. It was like totally like out of left field. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cool, cool. So, um, uh, 
Now then, let's turn the tables. How about yourself? What was uh, your introduction to wrestling? One, one more. I got to know. Okay. Backyard wrestling name. <laughs> Which one? So we had um, we had uh, the, a core group of I think like five, maybe six guys, and then we had kind of you'll like this outsiders, if you will, that were um, not in our completely tight circle of people, but in the circle right next to us. Um, so all together on, on a great day, the best turnout as far as the roster that we had, it may have been eight to 10 people. It was not very many. So, um, and we, we very rarely did, uh, one-on-one matches. It was usually like, Hey, I went on this match. Hey, me too. And, and so it was like everybody in horrible booking. Uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, being 15, 16 years old and doing that kind of stuff. So I actually, a lot of us played multiple characters, but for the majority, we had our, our go-to. Um, and my go-to was um, Johnny the Joker Kakachi. Um, and so I, I um, you know, had like, I'll say red and black face paint. Um, and it wasn't like Sting, it was, it was different. Um, but I had like this red, black, and white jester hat. Um, and then I would just wear like a black, plain black shirt with a cutoff. And I had... Um, somewhere I've still got these tights too, um, that my, my best friend, Johnny, um, his mom had somehow, and they worked perfect for wrestling tights, but they were all black and had like this, um, this red swirl kind of thing around the legs, almost like a Jake, the snake Roberts kind of thing with the, with the snakes. Um, so it was really cool. And so I would do cartwheels and stuff and just all kinds of, you know, whatever I thought a joker or a, a gesture and court gesture might do. So, yeah. Tremendous. Yep. And then, um, I, you know, before, um, before a young man came around onto the scene, I also had, um, so, and I was kind of a heel by the way, as Johnny, the Joker, Kakachi, uh, I'm, uh, Kakachi is actually a name of a friend of ours that we went to school with. And, um, her name was Nina. She was Italian, Nina Kakachi. Now I always like that name Kakachi. I'm like Kakachi. Um, and so, um, so I just incorporated it. Um, and Johnny, of course, was my best friend's first name in real life. So I was like, okay, I'll kind of blend the two. Um, so he was a heel. So I wanted to try and, and be a face as well. Um, so I was like, I'm going to be this corny, goofy, over the top. Um, so I, I, first of all, I liked hip hop decently enough back then, but it was not my thing. Like I was a metalhead. Um, so I had like this fake jersey kind of thing. It had a zipper on it and I would unzip it and take it off. And I had just a, a plain white shirt and jorts and sneakers. Um, and I had short hair at the time and, you know, I have long hair now and, um, I always wanted long hair, but I just never did when I was in school. And so I took a piece of yarn and tied around my head, like in a ribbon. And then from that, I took more yarn straight down all the way around. It was horrible. And so I would come out and I'd be dancing like this, you know, and had sunglasses on the whole thing. And I'd take it off. So like gold dust would take his wig off. I would take mine off. Um, and then lo and behold, uh, not long after, cause this would have been about 2000 and no 2000, um, summer of 99 into 2000 fast forward a couple of years later, here comes John Cena. And I'm like, that's my, that's my shtick. What are you doing? Like it was straight up. So, and my character was called rap master, <laughs> not master, master. <laughs> and what, what was the name of this fed? Um, so this was, um, hardcore uh hcw was what it was hardcore coalition wrestling don't ask what it means oh dude are you kidding our pay-per-view buy rates were through the roof (laughs) excellent yeah no we did we did have a few people come and watch and stuff though we set up our our we had some chairs and stuff 
Um, and and full disclosure, I'm 37 years old now. So keep in mind, this was 20 years ago. So um, in school, um, I took a videography class, like so VHS mix editing and mixing and stuff. And uh, we would have to we would do school projects. And I'm talking like this kind of camera, you know, over your shoulder. And um, so we would have to go through the school and like do little projects and stuff. But the the nice thing about being in that class, the perk was you can rent the cameras, which just meant you sign up on a piece of paper and, and you call it basically. So we would each do this um, because I had myself and one or two of my other friends that were in this class. And we, so we would end up with two or three cameras and, and would have a two or three camera shoot and film pay-per-views and stuff. So, yeah. Tremendous. Yeah. Excellent. It was um, a lot of fun. Describe that yarn. Uh-huh. Uh, it sounded like, and I could be way off. I mean, get a, get a picture of this and show me later. Okay. Uh, it sounded like budget Macho Man, like with stuff hanging down. Yes, but even more budget than you can ever imagine. <laughs> Think Raggedy Ann. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm I'm not saying yarn and meaning something else. I mean, legitimately crocheting yarn, like a black piece around here and then black down here. But at the end, I had to tie it in a knot so it would have enough weight on it so it didn't look stupid. Oh, it was awful. It was so awful. <laughs> and what's funny is I'm a bit of a hoarder when it comes to stuff, especially in that era, because that was like, you know, highlights of my life kind of thing. Somehow that got lost. <laughs> and I'm not mad that it did. <laughs> Maybe I'll maybe I'll recreate the look sometime. Yes, yes. <laughs> Rap master, thirty years later. <laughs> hey, Cena's in Hollywood. You could, I mean. There you go. Yep. There you go. So yeah, that's that's kind of my uh, my backstory for wrestling. Um, I'm sure we'll find other things along the way, um, yeah. as we've all got you know just treasure troves of of inter information and stories and fun stuff over the years, but. Uh, but yeah, okay. So now then, um, let's let's turn the tables. Um, how were you introduced, and when were you introduced to wrestling? So let me be very clear. My parents hate pro wrestling to this day. Okay. okay. So they always have. They hated it then. Always they hate have. it now. Always have. I never had a Hasbro action figure growing up. Never had an LJN. Later in life. Okay. Uh, my first introduction was. My neighbor across the street, uh, two brothers, they invited me over for, I believe it was WrestleMania 9. Okay. It was, it was, it was WrestleMania 9 right in that time period. Um, so I know I saw WrestleMania 9 over there, but it might have been the Royal Rumble before or the Royal Rumble after. So it's in that, like, what, 93-ish era? Gotcha. Era. Yeah. And I remember seeing, like, uh, and I remember watching the first Raw, which is mind-boggling. So I, like, I had some exposure. Uh, but, yeah, it was uh, seeing Bret Hart. Uh, Bret Hart, something about him just captivated me. And I was just, like, like exactly what he was, like, pushing on TV, like a role model, be a good person. And that's, like, I just latched onto it. I'm like, this guy's awesome. Right. I was cheered for Bret. I loved Owen, the Bulldog. Um and uh, yeah, it, it just it hooked me hard when the one two three kid or the kid beat Razor. Like my head exploded, my little mind. Like, oh my gosh! He's not supposed to win. He just won. That's amazing. Yeah. And I, I just got hooked on it from there, and 
yeah so it was uh my neighbors got me hooked on it and then it was always a huge hassle um but to my parents' credit, even though they hated wrestling, they knew I was, like, a freak about it. Yeah. Uh, so we'd go to Blockbuster Video and rent those uh, Coliseum home movies. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I wore those out. It's a Blockbuster, just renting them again and again. And Same. The guy had to hate me there because I'm just like, hey, are you getting new wrestling movies? Like, oh, really? Every week I was asking him. Oh, like, wow. Nice. And keep in mind, this Blockbuster had stock from two three four years ago gotcha they weren't getting the new ones every month same same for me so, yeah when i was in high school my my buddy johnny is the one that introduced me to hey go to the you know in our case it was a grocery store and we had a, a movie store we, we we lived in an itty bitty small town so we sure didn't have a blockbuster but we did have a, a video store um so both the grocery store and so we would bounce back and forth on who had what and and we would I, like i would rent one he would rent one we'd trade it and then we'd um um like return it back at the opposite place that we got it from so yeah and it's amazing too as an adult i never realized how how expensive those were for the video stores to buy do, do you do you have any knowledge of this kind of stuff like 70 70 to over a hundred dollars a piece for those coliseum videos is what they was what if you wanted to buy a coliseum home video yeah i was like holy cow man i never knew that and we think of it now like I wouldn't pay, you know, like we gripe about paying more than nine ninety nine for a pay per view. Nine ninety nine, what's that? Yeah, I don't know where have I heard that. <laughs> but yeah, wow. no, it's it's crazy. Yep, that's not. I did not know that. And did you more trivia? Did you know that when Tony Schiavone for the one year he was in WWF, uh, that's what he was in charge of was called CM Home Video. He put together all the videos and stuff for that. Yeah, pretty crazy. Good to know. Yeah. Um, did you get the Apple's podcast? I, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I shall not reveal my sources. Nice. So for me, it was all those Coliseum videos, my neighbor, Bret Hart, and then uh, junior high hits. And that's where like kids are really getting into wrestling. Mm -hmm. But I was chasing the girls and kind of fell off of wrestling and then came back to it. And when I came back, it would have been like early 2000. Okay. So like I always followed it, but I, there's like a few years in that late 90s where I wasn't like as diehard as I probably should have been. Uh, I was diehard WCW from and, NWO in okay. the late 90s. Okay. And that's, I was going to get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. But like I, I grew up watching it all. And then since, I don't know, probably 2000, the last 20 years, it's been deep. <laughs> yeah yeah and, i think uh, most wrestling fans have kind of a fall off period and sometimes it's they you know just uh get disenfranchised with it and sometimes it's just life happens and and whatever and then they come back to it so yeah and like there was a time where it was like i hated missing yeah and now now it's like okay if i miss a raw it's not the end of the world uh dvr fast forward Internet. And with a three-hour show, they're going to catch you up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting, too, because really when you think about it, and I know three hours for Raw is a long time, and they do cram a lot of stuff in, but, you know, you go back to my childhood in the in the 80s and 90s, they had multiple TV shows on through the week. So, like, I could watch Saturday Morning Livewire and get caught up on what happened on Raw. And keep in mind, too, it was only one show and, and a pay-per-view. 
Um, it wasn't like they had Raw and SmackDown and, you know, um, all, all the other things that come over the years. But, um, yeah, and then you had Sunday morning Super or Saturday, what, whatever day Superstars came on. Um, but, yeah, you know, it was it was surprisingly easy to get caught up even back then if you missed, um, which you would think that in a time where Internet wasn't available or as prevalent as, as it is, um, it was it was surprisingly easy. But, yeah, now they seem to cram- they bottleneck all that information and, and just shove it down your throat. So. For sure. Um, so, um, did you ever? Uh, we'll, we'll we'll get into the uh, the figures here shortly. Um, so, did you ever get into backyard wrestling or anything? Did you ever get? Um, I don't know. Did you get physical with it yourself? Did you? Did I mean even on couch cushions or on your bed or you know anything like that? I mean, so like growing up, you always do like the goof around wrestling. Sure. But yeah, backyard in high school, absolutely. Really. Uh, Frontier Backyard Wrestling. Nice. So, F- front- so did everybody wear chaps and cowboy hats, or what's what was on the Frontier? <laughs> uh, the trampoline. Oh, so it was okay. So you guys did trampoline wrestling. Yeah. So nice. We did on the trampoline, and then uh, we we segued at times to like a really like using like wood pallets, and then covering the top of the pallets with foam. And then we, we just kind of imagined that ropes were there. It wasn't good. We weren't good. Uh, but some of the neighbors would come out and watch us, and some of the neighbors would come out and yell at us. Uh, <laughs> one of the things we did, we taped uh, one of our championships to telephone wires and had to pull on those to get it down. Probably not the smartest idea. <laughs> um, one of the spots we did, we positioned the ring like where we built it that day. Uh-huh. We built it next to the shed. So obviously, it's like, well, we got to do a spot where we fall off the shed. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just, you know, stupid teenage stuff. For but... sure. Yeah. No, there's so and there it's I as soon as you started talking, I'm like, man, there's a lot of meat on the bone on that subject alone. So I think we ought to save that and do a backyard wrestling uh, episode and, and really dive deep into um, the inner workings of of how it got started, who did the booking, um, what was your setup, that kind of stuff. I think that'll be a good episode to do in the future. So, so I won't, I won't ask too much because I think we should save that for that, but man, how exciting to hear that you did it too. Um, I don't honestly, as long as I've known you, I don't think I knew, um, if I did know, I don't remember. And I never knew the, the detail and stuff, you know, like how, how it came, um, came together for you guys and stuff. Um, in all our shows, this was what I remembered. This is what I remember the best was we'd record all the shows, and it would take us five hours to do all the the wrestling and all the setup and actually have the show. Yep. Then as soon as we get done, we okay, let's go watch it. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. For sure. Uh, we we got to watch it back. Come on. And yep. It, it, watching it back we're like wow we are terrible yeah so i can remember um we would um i would go and spend the the weekend basically at my friend johnny's house and then our other friends would convene there at his house which is where we had our setup but we would wrestle saturday and then as soon as we're done wrestling we would watch it we'd sleep But then Sunday night for the pay-per-view, then we'd all stay and watch that too. So, yeah, we, we made a whole weekend of it for us. Oh, you had to. Yeah, Great. absolutely. <laughs> you got to get some influence for your next spot, brother. <laughs> so um, you, you kind of mentioned, um, you, you touched on this. 
when you when you were a fan of wrestling back in the day, were you um, a loyal a loyalist to either WWF or WCW, or were you kind of a channel changer and, and changed that way, or none of the above? How how did that work for you? So during the Monday Night Wars, yeah, I was pretty loyal to WCW. Okay, and uh, I would flip between commercials, but I mean every once in a while WWE would. Uh, would hook me with something right. and stay on that. Like, okay, but there's something cool going on. I'll, I'll watch that. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, NWO, Wolfpack, all the way. Interesting. All right. Well, <laughs> how does it feel to be on the losing side of that, by the way? <laughs> Too soon, brother. Too soon. <laughs> oh, man. But, no. but no, like, think about it. Like, I was a kid and Bret Hart was my guy. I loved Razor. I loved Diesel. So by the time you started wrestling, watching wrestling again, they had already jumped over. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So so once I kind of got back into it, everybody I liked was in WCW. So I'm like, oh, right. that's where I'm going. R what? Well, and it's not just even everybody you like. It's literally all the 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 top guys. Um. So yeah. No, I I definitely understand that for sure. Um. So did you? Did you watch WCW before that, before you stopped watching for your little your little uh, span of time that you didn't watch? Or did you watch WWF before that? Uh, so as a kid, like, what, like, probably nine to, I don't know, from nine to 13, maybe, it was all WWF. And then... I, I jumped ship to WCW all the way, but like in that first phase I was watching, I hated WCW. Like watching it the Saturday main event, I was like, oh, this is for the old people. I don't want to. Yeah, this. yeah, for sure. And, Wheelchair wrestling and, is what we used to call it. Yeah. Yep. And then once like Scott Hall showed up, I was like, oh, this is cool now. Gotcha. Yep. Um. Yeah, so for me, I was an absolute WWF loyalist. Um, I don't remember as a kid what we watched. I do feel like it was probably a mix of WWF and NWA, um, just based on some of the names that I grew up being familiar with. And I'm like, well, they weren't in WWF at that time. So um, um, that kind of thing, especially like my story I said about my grandpa, um, you know, cussing Ric Flair as he came down. And maybe grandpa had WCW on at the time, and I didn't know that there was even a difference. Um, I just thought wrestling was wrestling. But... Um, so for me, yeah, I was I was 100% loyal to WWF, um, and especially into my, um, you know, like middle school and, and junior high, high school kind of years. Um, in fact, so you mentioned too, and this this shocked me, um, my memory. You you mentioned that your parents never liked wrestling and still don't like wrestling. Um, my dad loved it and and totally nurtured, um, you know, my my passion for it. My mom, however. Uh, was like um, the whole Santa Claus thing. Like, oh, come on now, you know? And I'm like, I just remember, you know, her killing kayfabe for me and oh, the, the crushing blow. Um, but um, so mom mom always got disgusted with it. And my mom and maybe a lot of parents are like this or a lot of moms, but she would always perfectly time coming into the room when something was happening that I knew, okay, well, God, if mom saw me watch this, you know, like when Jacqueline had a wardrobe slip or something and, and here walks my mom and I'm like, great. <laughs> so she, oh, turn this smut off is what she would always call it. It's smut or it's garbage. Um, so like, I won't say that I wasn't allowed to, to watch it, but it was really, really frowned upon. Um, plus I was in, in school, I was very hard to wake up in the mornings. 
So I had a very early bedtime. My bedtime was actually at 8.30 all the way up until my sophomore year when I moved to, uh, out of my mom's to my dad's. Uh, 8.30. Um, and so Raw came on at 8. So I had a 30-minute window. But even then, I was like, you know, I had to brush my teeth and make sure all my stuff was done. So long story short, um, I used to, back in my day, we had the great big, you know, the big satellite dishes outside that are like ginormous huge. So um, we would get uh, USA Network on at 8 o'clock and watch Raw. But then it would re-air. I could go to the uh, West feed and it would re-air at 11. And um, so, but I, again, I couldn't stay up because I had to get up for school the next morning. So I became a, a pro's pro at going into the front room when everybody was out of the room and, you know, lights were shut off and stuff. This is 11 o'clock at night. So now everybody's asleep. But if I, if I am heard out, you know, out and about in the front room or whatever, you know, it'll all come raining down on me. But I used to take a piece of black electric tape over the record button that was bright red in a, in a pitch black room and, and record it on VHS and then watch it uh, the next day because there was, I had like a half an hour, 45 minute window every day before my parents got home from work. And so I would like hurry up and watch all the episodes that way. So yeah, so I, I it took a lot of work, but I was I was a loyalist uh, through and through. <laughs> I was like, I've got to get my wrestling fix. <laughs> it is there is still in my parents' basement two rather large boxes loaded with blank VHS tapes that I would use to record nitros and raws on. Really? And my mom's like, "What do you want me to do with this?" I'm like, "Just throw them away." And she. She's like, should I take them somewhere and sell them? I'm like, throw them away. It's, <laughs> right. it's not like something like the companies were selling. It's just me being crazy, like recording sure. every week. Trying yep. to get like, oh, I'm building my film library. It's like, no. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and now wrestling fans, they don't know how good they have it. Oh, dude, tell me about it. Yeah. Everything in a click a button. I mean, whether it's on the network or whether it's on, t on uh, YouTube or something. Yeah. Like they don't understand the, the tape trading. Like the, I mean, there was like an underground movement for all that kind of stuff. You had to know somebody that knew somebody to get to, you know, anything from Japan or anything. You know, it's just man, yeah. I have friends that watch wrestling now through. Uh, oh, I'm gonna say it wrong. Uh, GIF, GIF. A GIF. Uh huh. A GIF. Yeah, yeah. Uh, through GIFs on Twitter, and that like they follow wrestling. They know what's going on. Yep. I don't watch the shows. They just watch the gifts. Can you imagine, um, it, talk about a weird piece of booking. Can you imagine if gifts were a thing back in the eighties and you're watching a gif of somebody with a sleeper hold, oh. <laughs> nobody would watch wrestling. Then they'd be like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but if it's a flippy do and a super fly and um, that'd be, yeah, that'd be about the highlight reel. That'd be about it. The yeah. leg drop. Brother. Brother. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's uh, you bring up a good point. That is, uh, you know, the the way that the business is nowadays, it's it's easy to um, to kind of charm a new person into watching, um, because it's very flashy and, and over the top. Whereas when we were kids, we had to wait. I had especially, you know, in the '80s, I had to wait through, you know, twenty minutes of, of holds to get through a twenty-two minute match for two minutes of moves, and the moves weren't anything spectacular or anything. You know, a power bomb, and we're like, <gasps> that kind of thing. So yeah. I mean, they were big dudes back then. Oh, yeah. Yep. That's why I get so upset, too, with uh, that's not how you book a monster, you know, because I grew up with the old school way of doing things. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's that's really cool to hear how you got uh, 
got introduced to wrestling and stuff. Uh, for me, I I can't say that I followed it weekly for a long time up until I was at probably junior high-ish, somewhere in there. Um, and then it was like I was a weekly watcher kind of thing. Um, and I never, I never did the commercial break, flip over to the WCW. I didn't care like what they were doing. Um, and I, I got like a quick little, here's what's going on in WCW by going to school the next day. And as they say, you know, the water cooler talk and, uh, which happened in my case on the school bus. Um, cause I had a friend that was, that? huh? I was gonna say, what about that first hour in Nitro where they were running on a post? Didn't even know it did it during the time. I never even knew it did. I know. Right. Yeah. I, when I, but brother. When I say loyalist, I mean, like, down the wire, like, wheelchair wrestling, and yeah, this is where all the old has-beens are. You guys like Hulk Hogan, I liked him 10 years ago, and oh yeah, big time, yeah. Um, and, and for me, it was, um, which, and this is funny now, because I'm easy to invest, um, or to get behind, I should say, as a, a wrestler or a promotion or that kind of thing. Um, I didn't know who Diamond Dallas Page was, I didn't care to get to know him because it was somebody new. Um, which ironically, if somebody debuted in WWF, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm, I'll accept it. Um, but for me, so I went from being eventually, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. So I went from being like a, a Hulk Hogan, uh, big fan of Hulk Hogan, um, and kind of LOD, that kind of thing. Um, and then it went into Sean. And so like, I'm talking 93, 94, that, you know, um, good Sean, great Sean, 96, um, and then, so it, then it evolves into, you know, Steve and the rock and that kind of stuff. Um, and it really wasn't until, um, kind of the end of WCW that I was like, had, had a good knowledge of back and forth, what's going on in both companies kind of thing. So, uh, currently what are you watching? Anything? Uh, so I don't really watch WWE anymore. Um, this is, and I can't tell you a part of my soul has died. <laughs> Uh, being a loyalist for literally over 30 years, um, and it's just like, man, I've had enough. I just think uh, things are just being done poorly over there, and uh, I mean, and we could talk about that and in, in, in episodes uh, in the future. But uh, I'm just not, you know, I feel like it's lost its magic. And um, for a while, to be honest, I was scared that wrestling had lost its magic, um, and maybe a part of it has. Um, but um, you know, so now I'm an AEW loyalist, if you will. Um, but, and again, maybe it's because some of the magic has come off, um, you know, getting smart to the business and stuff, but, uh, I see holes in that too, even, um, but, but I enjoy the product. I enjoy it first and foremost, uh, let it be known that I enjoy the work of any wrestler for the most part, um, and appreciate what they do. Whenever I say, um, that I don't like something, it's usually, you know, things that aren't even in their control. So the booking and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, other companies at all not really so um i i for a minute and i mean a hot minute tried to keep up with um um nwa uh with the new billy corgan uh gimmick and uh and see now i use wrestling lingo in my everyday life by the way um so <laughs> uh so yeah so um i used to, i i did try to watch power uh, a little bit but i didn't end up um i think uh scott steiner coming um down was the last one i saw and that's been months ago um, but no, so basically AEW has really been about it and I'll, I'll watch. So I still do watch the big pay-per-views for WWE. Um, and I'll, I'll from time to time kind of check in whether it's on the internet or just flipping over to the show for a minute. But, uh, but yeah, m more and more is just AEW or kind of nothing, or I'll watch old stuff on the network. I am still a network subscriber. I'm actually a day one subscriber. So oh, wow. yeah. And have never canceled since. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I could not say that. <laughs> yep, November of 2014, brother. I believe. I think that's right. They're taking your money every month. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and you have no idea how glad I'm... Every time they talk about doing a tier system, I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> and they still have it. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. For me, I'm kind of similar to you where I'm watching the big WWE shows. Uh -huh. I like to keep up. And Raw, SmackDown, if, if they advertise something cool, yeah. I mean, if, it, if it's something that piques my interest, I will absolutely tune in and watch that. Uh, NXT last week. Uh, not to date this first episode, but it was the uh, Tuesday deal where they had the four-way Iron Man. And yeah, I was all about that. Till the finish. And it's it was fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but they dragged it out another week. And I was like, okay. Uh, so NXT, I'll watch when I can, if I have time. I'm AEW all the way. Uh, Ring of Honor. Uh, I was diehard Ring of Honor, uh, probably. Whew, I can't even. I can't even get into it. Maybe '08 to '15. The golden years of ROH is when you were a fan. Yeah, which yeah. which was amazing. Well, I mean, even then, you could argue like the, the golden years were. I, I just missed, but like I went back and watched all of '05, '06, '07. True. True. Um, so I, mean, I, I was big into ROH for a long time. Uh, Impact since Slammiversary, I'm trying to watch more Impact because they had that influx of new talent. Yeah. Uh, with Gallows, Anderson, Heath, Myers, uh, EC3 coming back, Eric Young. Yep. With, uh, Deanna, with everybody going there, it's like okay, they've got fresh blood. Uh, everybody who's there, they're starting to bust their butts even more. Uh, competition does that, and yeah. it, it's uh, Impact becoming a fun show to watch. Well, I'm glad, and I, I, I would be open to, to getting into to Impact. I want to ask you a question, and I want to keep it separate. Um, what are your opinions of the work in the ring, and what are your opinions of the work outside of the ring, meaning the booking and the storytelling and that kind of stuff of TNA currently? I've only watched it a little bit, Okay, but I, I, I'm, I'm into it. So, like, the work in the ring's been great. I mean, like, uh, Eddie Edwards, like, my dude. I, I love that guy. You've loved years. him for years, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Yeah. And Deanna uh, Ferraza and, uh, was there, Jordan Grace, they just had a killer match. Uh, everything's looking good there. there. There's lots of potential, lots of uh, fresh matchups going on there. So, I mean, it's good to watch. The yep. booking, I feel like you can't judge it, judge it after only seeing a couple weeks. Like, right. Let them, let, let them build to a pay-per-view, see how things pay out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm digging it so far. Well, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah, Impact, like, giving it a try. Giving it an honest try. Uh, but Dynamite's my show. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yep, for sure. That's it. That's it. BTE every week. Love it. Uh, and New Japan, you didn't mention, do you do anything in there? No, I did for a while in either 18 or 19. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, uh, so like when Chris was going over and that kind of stuff, Chris Jericho, um, as a pain maker and that kind of stuff in that era of things. Yeah. And, uh, also whenever, um, Jim Ross was doing commentary with, uh, Don Callis on, uh, access, I was watching some of that. So, so 
So I missed the whole access thing because I think it was airing a little wonky like super late yes it was and wow. and and so the same i didn't actually watch um access but i watched um stuff on youtube and that kind of stuff and got caught up yeah. um plus um and and well i'll, I'll let me write this down because my mind is going like nuts with ideas on things so um so yeah i kept up with it i didn't like watch necessarily weekly or or uh, episodically i guess is the best way to put that um but um, I, I kept up with it enough to know kind of who's who, what's going on, who's got belts, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, and for me, like it's Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I'll pay, I'll pay out for Wrestle Kingdom or find a way to watch that. Yes. I, I don't watch it live because it's like, it, it, what, when, when is it our time? Oh, oh it's like two or three or four in the morning. It's yeah, it's way ridiculous. So I go internet blind for a day. And Same. Then watch it the next night. Same. So. Which again, not to date ourselves, and maybe we can talk about this uh, if you want, either in the episode or we can we can um, uh, can it for after the show. Um, but I just had to do that this past weekend um, for uh, All Out for AEW. Um, oh, yeah, I had yeah, yeah. shows and stuff that I was doing, and so I wasn't able to watch. Um, I, I I think it's cool that AEW is doing it on a different day, um, being a Saturday, but um, in a, a production company where we do bands and stuff that play on Fridays and Saturdays. It kills oh, it yeah. for pay-per-views. So I have to do the same thing, like internet blind. Like I literally go through my phone and shut off notifications for YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook and, and, and try to stay off my phone. So yeah, that was and successful this time. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, you say a different day. For me, it's like, oh, it's just like UFC. And with UFC, I was following it really hard for a while. Now it's just kind of like, oh, they've got a big show. If there's names I want to see, I'll, I'll tr turn it on tune in and watch that right yeah yep for sure um and that, that is what's cool is um you know as much as i wasn't a wwf or wwe loyalist um and i kind of am with AEW. i'm really i'm really happy with how things have panned out that i'm more of a um per person loyalist so like um for example Pac, i'll watch him wherever he goes or you know i've got my people and like if so and so went to tna i would probably watch tna to watch their segments and stuff um and so i, I like how i've i've kind of grown in that aspect as well and that's kind of what impacts did the hook me it's like a lot of people i really like went to impact and i'm just so happy like oh they're gonna get a chance to do something and used every week right so that, that excites me yeah for sure absolutely um you know and before we but i like that we're progressing forward in kind of our journey i do want to take a step back um i mentioned like kind of who my guys were as a kid who were your guys was it just brett was it like brett's your guy like your number one this is my dude or um what did you have a progression was it brett and then it was like uh he turned heel and i don't like him and now this is my guy how did that work for you oh you you are going to uh yeah, no, Brett's heel turn did not phase me. Like, I was like, he's right. Canada is the way to go. <laughs> I'm not a fan of America either. <laughs> I live in St. Louis. Like, everything this man is saying is true. All these people are wrong. Which is what made him a great heel. I mean, if we're being honest. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, Brett Hart was a, like one of my favorites. I loved 123 Kid, Diesel, like... All that, right? Uh, who, uh, Mr. Perfect was another. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, uh, here, here's a really bad one that I loved. Uh, Kona Crush. 
Really? I loved Hawaiian Crush as a kid. Oh, wow. Oh, when boy. He took his arm off and started swinging. <laughs> I, I was so upset. That evil monster clown. I couldn't believe he would do that. Oh, my gosh. Crush was just, like, such a good dude. And... Right? Oh, dude, you made my day with that. I can't even believe that. <laughs> my no, cheeks no, already was... hurt from laughing on that. <laughs> no, I was so little kid, black and white, where these are the good guys. That's who you cheer for. Uh, I loved uh, Owen Hart, obviously, like when I was like when he was like high energy. Right. Uh, Coco Beware. Like, yeah, all the baby faces. Absolutely. Uh, the Steiner Brothers. Loved them. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was like a Tatanka was another like, yeah, uh, all all those guys who, when you look back at the '80s golden age of wrestling, and then there's like that lull in the '90s. Mm -hmm. yeah, I was that lull in the '90s that got hooked. <laughs> oh really? Wow, interesting. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I mean, all those dudes I loved, and then yeah, modern day, it's it's. I kind of got the opposite where I tend to like all the heels as an adult. Right. Oh, uh, yeah. Same. I, and, I, and I've been a heel guy for years. Um, but as a kid, I was not. I was, oh, I was the biggest mark. Um, yeah. And I'll, I'll say this now, but I, I think it's going to get a whole episode down the line in six months. Okay. Hangman Page. Strap a rocket to that guy. Dude. Man. man. Uh, yeah. Like, I feel like he is going to reach Stone Cold levels. And, like, I'm, like, I'm cheering for this baby face. He's the best. I'm, I'm, so, first of all, I've, I've got goosebumps that you even compared him to Stone Cold. Um, here's why. <clears throat> so, currently, um, like you said, we're going to end up kind of dating the show um, as far as when we're recording and stuff. And I don't really care. Um, and I'm not going to be that specific. But so right now he's got this whole um, they're teasing like the him being an alcoholic thing and him drinking beer and stuff. So there's that tie in with Steve. Well, hold on. Do you remember why? What caused him to go to alcoholism? Uh, fill me in. He didn't beat Jericho for the time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So my point to this is before that happened, I thought the exact same thing. I literally told Anthony. I said. Um, I see Stone Cold here. Like, this is like ECW, like right on the verge of figuring out who and what he is, shoot him to the moon kind of thing. And then, and I was like, no, I mean, literally like Stone Cold, like I, I can foresee him getting these big pops uh, when his music hits and stuff, just like next level over that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, so for me, it was so ironic when they started doing the beer thing and, and he's wearing a vest. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. Like, I, I didn't call all of that, but... <laughs> But yeah, I do too. I see, I see him being as over as they get, man. Once live crowds start happening again, and uh, yeah, it's it's go. I, I I think he's going to be the number one guy, twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's awesome. Yeah. No, I would agree. I would agree for sure. Um, you know, but but as far as uh, mostly liking heels. Uh huh. I still like the baby faces. Hey man is the dude. So yeah. Well, I appreciate that about you. That uh, that I think it's um, you know just even in being a heel, um, it's it's um, 
now a thing now it's a thing to to like the bad guys or you know to uh if you're a heel you try to be cool i guess is what i'm really trying to say um so that you're you don't have to be that way as a fan necessarily so i, I think that's pretty cool um but yeah no so um another thing too that you you mentioned that for whatever reason that didn't enter my mind the last stuff that i watched in wwe like the last year or two because i haven't watched main roster stuff in probably three years as far as like oh every monday every monday uh it's probably been every bit of three years but we we switched over and started watching nxt and like totally got sucked in um and we had been watching it for i mean we've together been watching it probably the last six plus years um, so, you know, like when Charlotte and Sasha and Bailey, all those are first starting in, in NXT um, and then their move up to the main roster and stuff. We stayed with NXT um, until just like, like I said, like the last year, probably, and then switched over to AEW. And it was perfect timing, too. Um, I was kind of getting disenfranchised with uh, them getting call ups and then getting not used properly. Um, and then right at the same time where I'm starting to, you know, the wheels in my head turning are like, maybe I'm done with this. And then AEW comes along I'm like, nope, we're good. <laughs> so yeah um let's see here um so um part of our conversation earlier when i gave you the tidbit about tony Schiavone, um i do you listen to any wrestling podcast or anything or what 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 other stuff you mentioned so you mentioned bte what other besides actual wrestling programming do you do you watch or listen yeah. to well bte i mean it's great watch it if you don't um uh, but podcast for me, uh, just like you said, wrestling podcasts are what introduced me to podcasts. Yeah. So most of my podcast listening is wrestling related. Uh, you have to go to the Podfather, Cabana. Uh, I started listening to Cabana's podcast, and I would kind of pick and choose which ones I would listen to. Uh, so I don't know. Over over the course of his nine year run, where now he's still continuing it. Yeah, um, I, did, I didn't listen to all of them, but a good chunk of them. Where, okay. Oh, it's okay. somebody I like or somebody I'd like to know more about. Let's give it a listen. Gotcha. So, Cabana is definitely one. Uh, we talked about me being a toy guy. The Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, uh, Myers and Cardona and Smart Mark. That's uh, one I listen to every week. Right. It's fantastic. Um, AEW Unrestricted. Okay. Yeah. Nice look, and they've been very uh, <clears throat> transparent with everything. Having Tony Khan on, I don't know, two or three times now, and letting letting him talk, it's really interesting oh, wow. to hear his stories. Yeah. Yeah, because Tony grew up as a, a hardcore wrestling fan as well. He was as much of a, a fan to WCW as I was to WWE or F at the time. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's really cool to hear. Um, not only his stories, but to to see his journey, but to see his journey play out on national TV now, um, where you can see, okay, when he talks about it, he liked this or the way that they did this finish, and then he fast forward and six months later after he's had that conversation, here's that finish. You know, it's stuff like that that's really cool. Where, whereas Vince is very protected. Um, you don't hear interviews like that from Vince. So it's cool to hear somebody on the front lines that's running a company be vocal. Yeah. So, for sure. So, what, what did I say? Uh, Cabana with the art of wrestling the rest major wrestling figures uh aew unrestricted i also listen to talking shop that's uh the big lg yep gallows and anderson that's a fantastic one uh chris van bleet uh -huh. 
He's got great interviews. He's a great interviewer. I'm really glad too that uh, AEW used him for a little bit too. Um, I hopefully more in the future on that. But yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, those are just a couple. Uh, the Jimmy Jacobs doesn't know. Obviously, I'm a huge Jimmy Jacobs fan. Oh yeah. So I listened to uh, his. It only lasted a couple months, but that was a really uh, interesting like life podcast that like intermingled wrestling with it sometimes uh-huh but yeah it was cool Very uh, cool. I, I wish you'd do more yeah for sure for sure um so do you do you think you tend to be more of a audio only listener so like you know go to itunes or whatever and listen that way or are you a youtube watcher and you know somebody like us that has video content uh, what's kind of more uh, your just, go-to it depends i like to uh go to the park and walk Okay. So that makes audio perfect for me. So long, long uh, walks along the park, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> today was uh, four point eight miles. Dang, man! Wow. Good. I got through two podcasts during that time. Wow. Uh, so like the the hour long ones are nice. Uh, if there's a two hour one, it's usually okay. I can get that done. And uh, the walk and probably the car ride home, still listening to it and finish it. Nice. Um, Nice. Uh, but summer school this past year, I was teaching virtually from home. Man, what a change that's been too. Yeah. Oh, oh brother. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a different, yeah. uh, but summer school is like even different from what I was doing or what I'm doing now. Uh-huh. Uh, for summer school, it was mostly just touching base with parents, making contact. So I'd play Chris Van Vliet in the background and with, Black Wednesday and all those guys getting released, he kept having new people on the pod uh, every week. So I was like, oh, this is great. I'll watch this one today. Right. Kept so I, I do a mix of both uh, the audio and the uh, video content. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that's great. Uh, for me, I... You, you, you've got a bunch, don't you? Oh, man. The list is long, my friend. The list is long. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, at my old job, I... Uh, I I won't say I worked at a factory because I certainly did not. I worked in a, a mail department, um, but it was very much factory work where it was just this, you know, earbuds and you do your job and you don't even really have to think about much. Um, so I would literally spend eight hours a day at work listening to podcasts. Um, and just like, uh, you know, I mentioned that there's a lot of wrestlers that I've invested hardly in and I'll follow them wherever they go. Or if they're in this company and they do a one-off over here, I'll go watch the one-off kind of thing. Um, with podcasts, um, I'm loyal to to people but at a certain point sometimes i'm like uh i kind of got a good feel for you and maybe i don't like you as much as i thought i did or i just don't like you on a microphone as much as i thought i did um and so there's a lot of fall off for me on some of these but um i'll pull it up here and read you just i'll go through a quick list of what um is still on my phone as far as uh shows that i watch or listen to um so and there's some too that I, i will skip because um, they're just uh, unknown people like you and I to, you know, we don't have any name identity to anybody. Um, uh, the only exception to that that I will name is uh, not Sam. Um, um, and and which I, I start I've listened to him uh, for several years, way before he started actually working with WWE. Um, so it was kind of cool um, just as a, you know, a fellow nerd and, and that kind of thing and his background in radio. Uh, he was a good fit for it. But um, <clears throat> so real quick. Sam. Sam is known in the wrestling figure community as the guy with nine finger Ludwig, Ludwig Borga. So, oh, really? 
Yeah, he gets judged for his wrestling figure collection. Oh, really? Wow. So, hmm. It's, it's so like he's got the stuff he had from when he was a kid. I don't know him, but but you're a fan. A feud, he had a little feud with the uh, major guys, and that that was really uh, great fun. Nice, nice, very cool. So, um, I'll skip around and save. Uh, um, let's see here, save some of the good stuff. So, um, I was a first of all, I was a, I listened to uh, the Ric Flair show. Um, and, uh, well, maybe I should save that one too. Anyway, so Steve Austin was my first. And that that came from watching YouTube clips. Other people would randomly upload little bits. Um, and in fact, uh, when he had John Cena on as a guest, uh, there was a little clip of that where John was talking about his car collection and stuff, like not talking wrestling at all. And I was like, oh, I like that. You know, two wrestlers at, like at the highest level talking about stuff that has nothing to do with wrestling. And so that got me hooked. Uh, enough to actually go on the phone and, and get the actual audio only podcast. And that was really, you know, the jumping off into the deep end. Um, and I haven't looked back since. So uh, Steve, and then I went into Jericho. And after that, I don't remember what order things went in. But yeah, so the Ric Flair show, um, Jerry Lawler had a podcast. Um, uh, Jim Ross had a podcast. Um, the Raven Effect with Raven. Xbox had a couple uh, podcasts. Um, Edge and Christian have had a podcast. Um, but then, so in watching the Ric Flair show, um, is when I got introduced to Conrad Thompson. And, um, then I, I grew to like him as well as, as, um, getting to listen to Ric Flair. Um, and then Rick was like, I'm kind of over this podcasting thing. Um, and so then, um, fast forward, Conrad meets up with Bruce, uh, Pritchard and they have, um, something to wrestle with. And I'm like, absolutely in love because just like I said earlier, how I was like, give me anything backstage. And I was like. Oh my God, we just hit the jackpot, <laughs> you know, like all these creative stories and decisions of booking and all this kind of stuff. So I was a hundred percent in. And in fact, I think I got in around episode 16, um, and quickly caught up to where I was at by the time the next week came. Um, and they, they were doing one to two hour shows every time at that point. Now they're doing, uh, well at their height in any way they were, they would do up to like a three and a half hour show. And I would, I would just, Oh, nonstop, like never even hit pause. I would just listen to it nonstop. Um, so then once I got invested in Conrad, not just Bruce and Conrad, but Conrad, he started picking up other people. So, um, he then included, uh, he wanted like, um, if, if Bruce Pritchard is my WWF slash WWE guy for creative, I need somebody to represent WW or WCW. So then he gets, um, Tony Schiavone and which I thought was kind of weird because I'm like, well, Tony, wasn't anything to do with creative. He was a commentator. Um, and thankfully Conrad being, you know, kind of the pro that he is realized, Hey, wait a minute. I can't do the same formula with this. So they, they ended up changing to like a watch along, um, style, which for audio only it's okay, but the full experience you need to be able to see and hear. Um, so that was cool. And I do, I do still listen to that. Um, so then he went over and got Eric Bischoff, which is who he should have got if you wanted to kind of match uh, tit for tat on that. And, uh, so Eric was great. Um, he's one that has fallen off just because he, he can never remember anything. Um, I feel like he's a politician. Um, yeah. So, um, I, I still get the episodes. I just don't listen to them. Um, and then he got Arn Anderson. Um, and then he also, um, rebranded and took over, uh, Jim Ross's show. Um, and so, so a lot of that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm a big fan of Conrad and, and all the podcasts that he has, and that's really my go-to. Um, but yeah, I've, I've listened to many over the years. And like I said, there's some that I don't even have anymore cause I don't even get them on my phone. Um, but yeah, there's, there's been a lot that I listen to, but it's, it's all to get more insight on the past, not even, you know, current, 
kind of stuff. So, yeah. And uh, you came up to St. Louis. I want to say it was Money in the Bank. Yes. Yep. Uh, for a pay per view in St. Louis and something to wrestle with brought the podcast down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jared, Jared was nice enough to, uh, hey, we're going to this. We, we got to meet Bruce Pritchard. We got to meet Conrad. And, <laughs> and you're like, Conrad who? <laughs> yeah. So that was my first experience with something to wrestle. And like I did the WWE Network one. And that was, you know, it, it was nice. It was okay. I wish it was better than what it was with all that they had to work with, you know, in WWE. I'm like, man, why wasn't that what we see Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast as? That should have been that, you know? But yeah. So that was my first experience with Conrad. Uh, I ran into him for just a second at a, a All In weekend. Conrad put on Starcast. Uh huh. And, and I ran into him at Starcast. And he, I was like, Conrad, you gonna do another one of these? And he's, Oh no! <laughs> he was. <laughs> he, he had a rough weekend. Oh yeah. But it, it was it was a great show. I had an awesome time. Uh, and then I don't know if I told you this. I ended up going to the. Uh, uh, Conrad and Eric Bischoff one that was in St. Louis. Oh, really? So oh, wow. How was that? Did, did Eric remember anything, or did he BS his way through everything? Yeah. And he's also he, famous for getting very off-subject and into the weeds. It was a, it was an entertaining night. <laughs> well, hey, then that's, that's worth the price of admission, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was cool. Uh, but yeah, it was... I know exactly what you mean about the off-topic craziness. It was yeah. a lot of I, I can imagine Conrad feels like he's hurting cats whenever he has a podcast with Eric. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and you mentioned another one, like one of my favorite wrestlers ever, uh, Chris Jericho. I didn't mention his podcast. Yeah. I do listen, but it's he puts out so much content, it's hard to keep up with. So with it this, is. I kind of pick and choose. If and, it's someone, oh, I want to hear their story, I'll listen to that. And admittedly, I'm the same. Um, he does put out a lot of, of stuff, um, meaning not only just like, you know, every Wednesday, every Friday, but like he'll do um, rock and roll over here. He'll do wrestling. He'll do an interview. He'll do paranormal. He'll do, you know, all this stuff. Um, and so I kind of pick and choose that. Like, I'm not into paranormal at all. I could care less. So anytime that comes up, I never even listen. Um, yeah. any, any kind of wrestler, I do any kind of rocker. It depends on who it is. I'll give or take. Um, and then if it's like a, a BS session, um, you know, like when, when he had Luke and Gal or uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson on for talking shop and stuff, uh, which by the way, um, on my other podcast, the audio Rose podcast, um, every now, every like six to eight weeks, um, I will have no guest on the show and it'll just be me and, and the people that watch. And I call that talking shop. Um, and oh, that's thanks. exactly I a hundred percent ripped it off. So yeah. Little, little nod. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's been a fun journey to listen to podcasts and stuff because, um, before that, and you actually were the one that got me into shoot interviews. Um, and I, I was like, absolutely a kid in the candy store. Uh, whenever I, when I first realized, Oh, wait a minute, you mean like disgruntled people come and talk crap about, you know, people and, and companies and what really happened and that, Oh man, it was, I ate it up. Absolutely ate it up. Yeah. yeah so. the, the shoot DVD era, I've, I think it's kind of gone by the wayside now because of all the podcasts. Yes, I agree. Yep. But yeah, that was a definite market at one point. And I ate them up. I was going crazy buying those. Oh man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. There was, it was a hot market brother. <laughs> so yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think of um I don't think uh there's anything else that I can think of as far as uh getting to know us. Um well, do we want to play our little game? Oh, that's right. Yes. So my man, I'm glad I'm glad so on my other podcast, like it is all me and I have well, I, I would I could bore you with like Here's from my last episode, all of my notes, like, I mean, pages and pages of notes. So I like, you are an absolute blessing to be here and be like, oh yeah, we're going to do this. Like you have no idea. I'm like, oh, thank God. This is going to be a walk in the park, man. I'm looking forward to this, uh, for way more reasons than just notes, <laughs> but yes, that is a big help. Um, so yes, we decided, um, full disclosure to those watching, um, John and I, like, I, you know, like we talked about at the beginning of the, of today's show. This is something we've been wanting to put together for a couple months, several months now at this point. Um, and so in the last couple of weeks, we were like, okay, we're getting close to our schedules lining up to where we can actually, you know, hit the hit the launch button on this. And uh, so we kind of have an, an idea of what um, episodes we want to do coming up. And so we decided for our first episode, let's get people to, to get to know us before we have them um, try to understand or respect our opinions on things in the future, um, you know, kind of. Like what? Who did he ever beat? What? Did, what are their qualifications? That kind of thing. Um, so a fun thing in our discussion was um, you. You said something about um, uh, a truth or a lie, and I'm like, stop right there. That's it. We've we've got to play a game of truth or lie. And uh, full and full disclosure, this is day one, first day of school stuff. I use in my classroom. Oh, oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Uh, that's it's, it's a nice get to know you game. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, I think that's exactly what you said whenever. When you said that, I'm like, that's exactly what we need to do then. So, uh, so yeah. And now, and I do know um, more than half of what I've got written down, which I've we we've decided on five things. I think if you've got more, fantastic. Um, I've 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 got five. Um, I, I stuck with four truths, one lie. Oh, I wish you hadn't even said that much. Okay. Um, so um, a lot of these, you're gonna be like, oh yeah, no, I know that. Of course I do. Um, uh, but we'll we'll. We'll kayfabe it, brother. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. Um, do you want? How do you want to do this, or how do you do this in your classroom? Is the okay. best. So I'm gonna read my five. Okay. I'll read all five of them, and then I want you to try and guess which one's a lie. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I dig it. Okay, so I've been to. Here's the first one. I've been to three WrestleManias. My favorite wrestler is Chris Jericho. Uh, one of my favorite wrestlers is Jimmy Jacobs, and my friends booked him to come to my 30th birthday party. I ran into John Cena at Texas Roadhouse, and Seth Rollins called me to tell me happy birthday. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. I'm... I've... My notes have been taken. They're right here. Um, so um, you've been to three manias. Jericho's your favorite. Jimmy Jacobs uh, for your 33rd birthday. John Cena you met at Texas Roadhouse. Or Seth Rollins called you for your birthday. Okay. One of them fly. All right. Um, I will tell you. I'll, I will do some elimination here then. Um, uh, Chris Jericho is your favorite wrestler. Um, so I'll mark that off. Um you did book, or Jimmy Jacobs was booked for your birthday. 
Okay. Okay. Um, and Seth Rollins did call you. Yep. Okay. I wish you would have texted me, but that's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. I, I'm no, I am. I'm just kidding. Um, you did not meet John Cena at Texas Roadhouse. That is true. Uh, that is a false statement. I met Cena at an Outback Steakhouse. Oh, very good. Uh, not Texas Roadhouse. Very good. Uh, nice swerve, bro. <laughs> it's a simple one. I, I like it. Okay. Um, so on mine, I've got, um, out of my five, I've got uh, three truths and two lies. Um, Spicy. Yeah, so I could either change it up to match you or I can keep it as is. Keep it. All right. Okay. So, number one, John Cena is the most famous wrestler I've met. Number two, I'm an absolute mark for anything Paul Bearer ever did. Uh, number three, um, I've got autographs of all the radicals. Number four, Earl Hebner once flipped me off less than a foot away. Number five, Lita once hit on me. Two of those are uh, fake news, and three of those are truth. Okay, so when Earl gave you the bird, uh huh. Let's be clear, Jared had no clue. Right. Like, so he's smiling, happy to take the picture, and Earl's. Hang on, hang on. Don't 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 get the finish away. Hang on. So um, yes, this is a fantastic story, and John, I know. Um, I, I won't, I won't give the secrets of the studio away, but I'm looking at you right now. I know you won't be able to see this, but the people are going to see this. I've actually got it queued up right here. Um, and so as you're telling a story, um, I will, uh, let me see here. Nope. Wrong one. Um, there we go. Okay. So go ahead and tell the story now. So. Jared is the happiest kid in that whole place. Uh, and I think it was that Joplin or was that Springfield? Uh, no, that was Joplin. You're correct. Yeah. So, so Joplin and Jared is thrilled. So happy. It's, it's thank you. Thank you so much for the picture, Earl. And he starts to walk away. And Earl's like, we're like, Jared, go back, get us, get a real picture. And you, Jared, so, no clue. So right now I've got a picture of you and Earl. So um, to, to kind of uh, um, su support your story here, you had uh, had a picture taken of Earl. Um, like we were standing in line, you were before me. Earl's got his, his shoulder or his arm around your shoulder with his Sharpie and stuff from him signing autographs. You're smiling, look like a million bucks. He's like, hey, you know, this kind of thing. And then I'm, I'm next in line. So... So now, now, now they see the picture. Um, I will yeah. take you off for a second. So now they see the picture of me, like cheese into the camera to Earl, oh, yeah. and uh, you know I'm just like exactly like you said, like oh this is so cool, Earl Hebner, you know, like the the most baby face referee that there is or has been. And um, I, I walk away and I'm like, man, that was great. And yeah, I can't remember was it Earl or was it you guys that were like, hey, uh, <laughs> you should go back and look at that. We we were all laughing. We we're like, Jared, go get go get a real picture with him. Oh man, That's funny. it's great. Yes. So, um, Earl, as I'm looking into the camera, Earl's looking into the camera, but give me give me a finger. And um, so then you know you smart me up to this, 
And now the next picture is me working with her. I'm like, okay, brother, let's work. <laughs> so now we're trying to figure out how we're both going to do the... <laughs> he's like, and he's flipping off me, looking at the camera like, really? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, no, this is going to be great. So then now the final picture, and we're both looking right at each other, flipping each other off. Like, hey, brother, I know. Me too, brother. <laughs> it's, That's yeah, awesome. it's a mess. So that one is definitely true. Okay. Hold on, hold on. You mentioned Lita hitting on you. What were the other ones? Okay. Um, uh, let me see here. Um, get you back on the screen. All the radical autographs. Yes. So, um, John Cena is the most famous wrestler I've ever met. I'm an absolute mark for anything Paul Bearer ever did. And Paul Bearer meaning Bill Moody. Excuse me. I didn't, I shouldn't have put Paul Bearer. I should have put, um, William, William or Bill Moody. Um, Number three, I've got autographs of all the radicals. Number four, which we just touched on, Earl Hebner once flipped me off. That's obviously true. Um, and number five, Lita once hit on me. I'm going to say Cena's true. Cena is true. Um, and ironically, I did not meet him at a Texas Roadhouse or an Outback Steakhouse. I met him at Hooters. <laughs> so, yeah, and he was actually, when I met him, uh, he was traveling with the Basham brothers at the time. Were his uh, car buddies. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the Paul Bear thing, you are an absolute mega mark for Paul Bear. <laughs> yeah. But I'm not sure about Percy Pringle. Okay. The Lita thing, I'm not sure. The Radicals, I mean, mm. I'm going to say. The Radicals is a lie. The Radicals is a lie. I do have one of the Radicals uh, autographs, though. I don't have all three. So in the Radicals, um, maybe for people that don't know, included Perry Saturn, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and Chris Benoit. I have Eddie Guerrero's uh, autograph from the year that he passed away. So... Percy. The word always on the uh, the Paul Bear is kind of mm. mm -hmm. ooh. And did you beat Lita? And did she hit on you? I mean, <laughs> I I like that I, I like that I've stumped you this much that you're really having to think about it. Uh, well, I mean, I, 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 three three are correct. Now I'm down to the. Uh, I I will say I worded everything exactly and have read everything exactly as it was written on purpose. So don't want to sway you, but I th I think the word uh, everything or always whatever you put with Paul Bear, I'm gonna say that's the lie. Okay, you are wrong. Uh, yeah, I love Paul. Um, yeah, all the all the way back from NWA and Percy, I loved it. The blonde hair, um, yeah, great stuff. Great, great stuff. In fact, it, like you see so much Paul Bearer and Percy Pringle the third. Uh, it's how, how can you not? It, it carries over very easily. So, yes. So the other lie was, of course, uh, that Lita hit on me. Um, I was hit on by a wrestler, but it was not Lita. 
So the same night that I meet John Cena at Hooters, there's a whole plethora of wrestlers that are there. And I, I meet a lot of them, get pictures with a lot of them, autographs, etc. Um, and that was my first time meeting a lot of these guys. Um, one of the people that I asked for an autograph for as they're walking out of Hooters um, came up to me and hit on me. And, but I, would, I didn't even realize at the time that's what was happening. So the person that hit on me was actually Orlando Jordan. The guy that used to be with JBL, and he, what happened was, he's getting ready to leave out of Hooters, and I say, "Hey, can I get an autograph?" And his immediate response was, "You straight," and which I thought meant, "Am I cool? Like, am I am I like a mark or am I whatever?" And I'm like, so I'm playing it off, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> was my answer. And so he signed the paper and walked away, and that was it. And then it wasn't until like after like an hour or two later, I'm like, straight. Oh no, what? <laughs> So yeah, he was like as absolutely blatant about it as could be. You straight? <laughs> I was like, yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. yep. That's my uh, that's my Orlando Jordan story. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was not alone when I was sitting there, and he asked if I was straight. I was actually with somebody at that time, so he was bold. <laughs> so yeah, needless to say. <laughs> right yeah no I, no i've never even never even seen her in person in real life ever <laughs> i just tried to i tried to curveball you and that was just a name that popped up that i was like sure yeah it worked yeah good good deal <laughs> success so yeah you got you got one out of my two that's good um so i guess uh you don't know me as well as you think you do sir i think you know me <laughs> You think you know me? You think you know me? You think you know me? <laughs> yeah. So no, that was that was great fun and and a good suggestion on your behalf uh, for for doing the truth or lie. So um, do you want to do you want to talk about what we're doing on our next episode then, and uh, next, we can kind of get things wrapped episode? up. Well, in my notes it says SummerSlam '92. Yes, that's what I've got on my notes as well. Awesome. So it looks like that's what we'll be doing. We'll be discussing SummerSlam from the year 1992. Um, do you remember anything about this as far as did you watch it live? Were you actively watching wrestling then, or did you watch this post uh, its its did, debut? This, this one uh, I threw out there when we were talking about what to do next uh, because it's one of those Coliseum videos I was renting from Blockbuster. Same. And, yep. Yeah. I, just, I remember Brett and Bulldog tearing the house down, and I thought it'd be a great one to start with. Absolutely. No, I and, and same for me. I didn't watch it live. This is before I was watching pay-per-views, but I was going and renting uh, VHS uh, tapes of pay-per-views and stuff. So, yeah. And I think I wore out this VHS copy at my Blockbuster. <laughs> nice. Very nice. Yeah. So um, that's what's going to be happening on our next episode. John, do you have any uh, final thoughts or anything you want to add before we wrap it up and uh, call it a day? Well, uh, thanks for setting us up. I mean, yeah. full yeah. disclosure to everyone listening, Jared is handling all <laughs> the technical things. Yeah, it's it's been a uh, an interesting journey. Um, I've, I've made mention a couple of times on this show that I've got another podcast that I do, um, but all my I have guests and stuff. Um, and it's all in-house, so I don't have any of this over the internet and different locations kind of thing to to try and figure out 
And uh, it's, it's caused, even though it may not look like it, I've got many a gray hair because of this podcast. Um, but already after the first episode, it is absolutely worth it. I'm, I'm so excited for this venture uh, that you and I are getting ourselves into. And uh, I see big lights, bright seas for our, for our future um, here on the uh, uh, Recliner Wrestling Review Podcast. So uh, I think that's going to kind of wrap it up. And, um, yeah, I, I appreciate you and your time and, uh, all your fun stories. And I'm looking forward to, uh, kicking, kicking it off next week or next episode, whenever that may be, um, with SummerSlam 92. So yeah, yeah. fun times thanks from childhood, listening. man. <laughs> yeah. And thanks for so. listening, everybody. Absolutely. All right. And we'll see you on the next episode.